the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to I Am Real Estate. I am with our expert real estate attorney, Stephen Ebert. And, Stephen, we're in a crazy time. Good morning, Daddy. Really, good morning. We're in such a crazy time. What are you hearing? What You know, you know. I was reading this article says, oh, we're going to go up. Zillow says we're going to, market's going to go up. Um, the other, then there's other ones saying it's going to go down. Uh, some people are trying to use the, a recession word. Some people think we're already in one. What are you hearing? Well, Daddy, you know, there's a lot going on. I think there's a lot of factors going on. So, look, the first thing is, right, the technical definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. So that, that's the definition of a recession. Um, I, I think what, we, what we're in is not necessarily there right now because you still have a very strong employment picture, but there's definitely a risk of that. Um, and, you know, the question is what actions are people going to take and also what government's going to take? And here's a few things I think to consider. Um, number one, we had tremendous government spending um, during COVID, and that, of course, has to come down and continue to come down. Um, also, in certain sectors, we saw people stockpile a little bit, right? We remember when people were buying all sorts of extra supplies and so forth. And so the question is also, is does that impact demand um, in, the, in, in the next few months? And, and uh, will that then cause at least a short-term recession because people stocked up on things and a reduction in government spending? At the same time, though, Dottie, People had trouble getting certain goods. We've heard all about the supply chain crisis. We've heard about uh, imports coming in. And at the same time also, in response to that, we're also seeing a movement of what we call onshoring, increasing of domestic manufacturing in the United States. So there's a lot of mixed information out there. So it's going to be hard to see how it nets out. And it's something we should all be on the lookout for. Yeah, because there's so many, I, I think there's so many different opinions. Like, you know, I, you know, I always do a lot of homework for the show to make sure I'm really current, even though I'm out there. And But there's so many different factors that, that it's kind of a, a time where if you pay attention to the market, you know it, you can, you can do well. And, uh, you know, I think that, there's, I don't really think there's going to be in a bubble. I mean, I, you know, the, you know, but but that makes papers. I don't think that's going to happen. I just think we'll 
will will you know the momentum the momentum might flow a little bit. I don't know. That's just my thought. I don't know about you, well, Steve. You know. I, I think, Dottie, you know, look, as we've always said before, real estate is the most local thing. And uh, even if you make a comment about a region, you should talk about a state. You talk about a state, you can talk about a county. And then if you're talking about a county, even a neighborhood. So, you know, I do think, you know, it's not like we're seeing a massive amount of inventory, right? It's not like we're seeing um, buyers going around and saying, oh, if I can't make a deal on this home, it doesn't matter because there are 10 other homes. I'm not hearing that. Um, the, the issue is, I, I think what you're going to see more of a plateau. I think you're going to see we had a very nice appreciation, um, particularly in some markets. And that's okay that the market takes time and says, you know what, let me digest this. You, know, you can't have a record-breaking, record-setting year every single year and it's actually, in my opinion, not a bad thing if you don't break a record every year because people need to digest the market. Because at some point, if you keep on having, you know, very high appreciation in price every year, you're just going to lose people and it becomes unaffordable. And then what's going to happen is you're going to lose a sector of employees in the economy that helps society function. So, you know, that, that's very important, having some level of stability. Well, you know, you, you know, that I was reading this article, it's, it's the middle class is being wiped out. Um, there's just so many different different opinions. I always tell people, these are people's opinions. I mean, you know, you don't, there's no fact about it. I mean, they're just looking at past performances. Uh, so, you know. Well, I think, Dottie, if, if I may say on that point, I think the way to look at it, at least how I look at it, is. Out. Where is your income going, right? For America's middle class, what percentage do you have to spend of your income on salary? I mean, sorry, excuse me, on housing, excuse me. What percentage on food? What percentage on car and gasoline? And what can you save, right? And so, you know, it doesn't matter so much if salaries are increasing or decreasing by themselves. What matters is how much are they increasing relative to the costs of other things. So, if the price of milk and eggs go up 30%, but your salary goes up 2%, even though you got a raise, you're, you're poor. And I think you're that's the thing that's point. going on right now. Yeah, you're still, I mean, listen, I, you know, I, you just look at gas. I mean, it's, it's, I paid over $6 in the city. I mean, it was, it's just really high and, you know, you look at prices and everything has just gone up, but I'm hoping the inflation um, comes down. But, you know, it's it's a fine balance, Steve, you know, to raise interest rates so that you have less inflation, but you have to balance that in a very careful way. Well, you know, I think part of it is self-inflicted, I must say. The part of it is, costs do go up and there are certain things going on and look during COVID we had an emergency and and I have no issue with government stepping in to fill a gap when we have an emergency that's part of the role of government um, right. but where I do have a little bit of an issue is you're going to see electric rates go up in New York at probably as much as high as 12 percent that really? was Why? a completely it's a in my opinion it's a self-inflicted wound uh, what happened is um, New York is in a process of trying to make our electric production more green, which 
in, in concept is great, right? Less pollution, great. The problem is how do we get there and when do we get there? Well, what they did is last year, they basically shut down Indian Point, which is a nuclear power plant um, right by the Hudson, getting pretty close to West Point, right around an area called Buchanan, right by Pittsfield. Right. And whether you're pro or con nuclear, and I get it, it's not an easy yes or no. There's, there's some nuance to it. But that was the input of 25% of the electric production in the Hudson Valley in New York City. So if you're so going to pull words, out 25 Exactly. So, you know, it's a very simple question. Whether you're green or you care or you don't care, whatever you think on the science, the reality is this. If you need 100% energy and you cut 25% and now you're down at 75%, how are you going to make up that gap? It's a very simple question. And the answer is they shut it down before fully making up that gap. And if you at the same time say, let's have a movement towards, you know, electric and hybrid cars and, and other right. things like that, which, again, I, I understand that. But that's going to add to the taxation and use of the electric grid. So no surprise, if you're cutting out that important input, input source, you're going to see rates rise. And if you look in the news, you'll see um, there is an approval for a 12% increase. So Con Ed, which is not the lowest price in the country to begin with, it's going up and it's going to go up in the summer. And, you know, in a couple of months when people are really running the air conditioners, they're going to see a big spike in their electric bills um, in the next couple of months. Well, you see, you know, it's, it's so much to keep up on because really, you know, there's so much, you know, there's almost a flood of information and, you know, you don't, you hear this and that, and that's why, like, it's really important to call the experts in those fields um, because it's crazy. Now, summer rentals changed. I, didn't they bring back – they weren't allowed to take a, a two-month deposit. Are they allowed now? Yeah, so let me – so some, some important changes that happened um, in the past number of months. So to understand the change, if I may, Dottie, let me go back a couple of years in history. And okay. basically, you had the uh, Rent and Tenant Stabilization Act of 2019. That's what made the first change. And this was a law which is a good example of well-intentions, and it had some good elements to the law, but it also had some very negative consequences, too. And in that law, and you're exactly right, the idea is that you're limited to a one-month security deposit. And the whole idea behind this law was, let's help moderate income New Yorkers be able to afford their rental. And what some right. landlords would do is they would say, you know, I'm not sure I want three months security, pay the first month's rent, pay the last month's rent. And all of a sudden somebody who could afford the rent has to come up with three, four, five months worth of rent up front. And that was a big economic hit to a lot of New Yorkers. So what it said was landlords can only take one month rent, one month security at the beginning. That's it. And the pro but it created a number of problems. Number one, which they did fix, was that inadvertently co-ops were included in this law. So what happened was you might have a first-time home buyer that doesn't have a track record or maybe somebody from out of state and the co-op said, we would approve this person, but we don't know if they can pay the maintenance. So a lot of co-ops over these would say, 
put a year's maintenance in escrow. We'll do that for a couple of years to show you pay on time, and then we'll release it. That became illegal under that law, but the legislature right. ultimately fixed that. So that's legal again. So, it, so it's legal a, now to take a month's rent before and, and a hold a month? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so what happens with that law is landlords are limited to one month's security and the first month's rent. That's it. So that affected coughs, but that got fixed. The next one that had a huge impact, which is now fixed, is seasonal rentals. Wow. And this really was a big concern in the Hamptons market. And if you saw, Dottie, last year, there were a lot of horror stories of oh, basically God. tenants moving in and not moving out and causing major damage. Yeah. It, it was, Even I had a friend, so, she has cancer. She rented a room, like a room in her house. They would not move out or pay for it. And by the time she got them out, it was like she already lost like months. So there was a lot of, so, so they fixed that, didn't they? Yeah, so this is the fix that's in. So now what they said under the new rule is if the municipality has a rental registry, so that's number one. They have to create a rental registry. And all of the towns in the Hamptons and Quag and South Hull, they've all created these registries. And they're generally very simple. It's like a one-page information sheet. Most of those towns, it's free to register. At most, the highest fee that I saw was $250 to register. So that's what we're talking about as a registration fee. You fill oh, out this it. form, and you say that it's a seasonal rental. So here are the following rules that are important to remember. Number one, the rental cannot exceed 120 days. Can't be more than four months, right? And then so what secondly, happens? It, what, so if you rent well, it out more than four months, then you'd subject to taxes. Well, well, then no, you get subject to the limit one month security rule. So, okay. So okay. give me one second here. This is what you need to do to qualify as a seasonal rental. And if you qualify as a seasonal rental, you're not subject to those 2019 rules. You can, it's like the old days, you can do whatever you want, which is great. So here's well, what you need great. to do to qualify. Yeah, no, it's, it's critical because a lot, you know, everyone, you know, there's a stereotype that landlords are, are major institutions that have thousands and thousands of properties. A lot of these rentals, the owners, they may own one or two properties. And, and sometimes they really rely on the summer rental to cover the cost throughout the year. So there's, there's a lot more, yeah, a lot more of a story there um, behind it. And so, so here's what you need to do to qualify. Number one, it has to be seasonal in time, meaning it, can, it cannot exceed 120 days, four months maximum. Number two, you have to specifically disclose who the tenant is, their name in the registry. And then number three, that tenant must demonstrate that they have a permanent address and they intend to return to that address when the rental is over. You can show those four things, you're a seasonal rental, and then you have wide latitude. So again, I'm going to say it one more time for our listeners. The, the, the rental cannot exceed 120 days, four months. You have to list the name of the tenant. The tenant has to have a permanent residence separate from that address. 
and the and the tenant declares in there that they will return to that address. If you can say those four things, you're considered a seasonal rental and you can have the whole rent paid up front. You can have as much of the security deposit as you feel is appropriate and you can negotiate. It's totally whatever the landlord and the tenant negotiate. You're not well, stuck to that. Well, I think that's that good. I, mean, I, I know they were trying to make it easier for people to move in, but a lot of people took advantage and never paid. And then, you know, with all four you know, foreclosure laws, and uh, it's hard to get people out, eviction. I mean, it's a whole process. So um, I think that's good news. Yeah, I think it's great news, and I think it's great news for everyone, and it goes back to the intent of the law. You know, again, I understand the intent of the law. The law was to give moderate people a chance to be able to be in a rental and not be forced out because they'd have to have all these upfront monies required. But if you're talking about somebody doing a second home rental, they can already afford their primary residence. And if you're talking about in the Hamptons, which is not a cheap market, then um, you, know, you don't really have to legislate and interfere with that. Um, the other area, since we're on it, Dottie, one area which has not been addressed yet, which I would very much appreciate if, our, if anyone in the legislature is listening to address, is there are a number of people who are high net worth who don't fit the usual boxes and have trouble renting even a primary residence, which this law caused a problem of. Well, will you say example, that again? There are many people of high net wealth. I net worth who are looking to rent a primary residence who don't right. quite fit the traditional checklist that are having right. a problem rent. And so this law needs another edit too. And I'll give you an example, Dottie. Imagine you have a wealthy family who has um, their adult child going to college in, in Manhattan, right? We were right. blessed with so many great universities and very international. And a lot of these families don't put their kids in the dormitories. They'd prefer to rent an apartment. Right. Many of these families would be happy to just pay the year up front or, you know, pay more than the usual just a check per month because they don't have any credit history in the U.S. at all. This right. Law, well, some of them buy them more cash. You know what they say? Well, then they'll keep, they'll have the apartment in New York as a PA there. Yeah. And this 2019 law is a real problem because landlords are saying, wait a minute, I don't want to rent to somebody from out of the country. They don't have a connection, no history. I don't know anything about them. Right. And, and the tenant's very happy and can't afford to pay maybe the year up front, maybe extra security, do something, but the law prohibits that. And again, I don't think that was ever the intention. So, you know, I, but why I do you think, think the law prohibits again, that? If I may say, I think there was a little sloppiness, right? I don't think the legislature went to the real estate industry and said, here's what we're thinking of doing. What kind of exceptions, right? New York City is a very complicated market. We have people from all over the world in all different circumstances, and they didn't really test things, I think, the right way. They could have easily solved this and put an income limit, right? We have income limits, Dottie, if you oh, want to have what, affordable housing. Oh, that's what, Steve. We'll just, affordable we'll housing. just take a break.
As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his My Slippers. For a limited time, you will save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. This blowout sale of the year will not last, so order now. Mike has taken over two years to develop the My Slippers. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and out all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. Made with quality leather suede. Remember, for a limited time, you will save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. Order now, 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970 or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code AM970. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Me llamo Sean. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're speaking another language. Like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. Three weeks. It's incredible. After three weeks, I'm on vacation in Paris, having a conversation in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than... Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. You know, a business that epitomizes strong family values and tradition over many years is Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors. Established in 1922 in Manhattan's Meatpacking District, Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors has been an institution in the New York restaurant scene for three generations. If you've experienced a delicious cut of meat at a premier restaurant within the tri-state area, odds are it was a Pat Lafreda product. Pat Lafreda supplies over 1,600 restaurants a day. You don't keep up that pace unless you're on top of your game. Talk about a true New York success story. Today, Lafreda Meat Purveyors operates two of the nation's largest state-of-the-art facilities in North Bergen, New Jersey, keeping to their local New York, New Jersey roots. Go online to Lafreda.com. It's L-A-F-R-I-E-D-A.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. As time flies. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we have a very special guest who is the queen of Broadway, Wendy Fetterman. She's an 11-time Tony Award winner, producer, and 18 Drama League Awards and a producer of over 90 Broadway shows, and a friend, and one of the nicest people and smartest women I know. So I want oh. Wendy. I hope that's so Good true. <laughs> Good morning, my dear Dottie. How are you? You are so lovely and so incredible. So I I'm thank good, you. I'm always good, wonderful I'm good, to talk I'm with you. Good. Actually, I was just, uh, for Mother's Day, my daughter um, bought me tickets. I went with my daughter and granddaughter to... Uh, 
Tina. Oh, isn't it fabulous? Yeah, it was good. It was good. And it was just good. nice to see Broadway, you know, back. So what's going on? You know, how's, you know, how's everything doing? I mean, I, I think we're coming back. Because we will, yeah, it was packed. People want to get out. People are done. You know what? People are ready to go out, and we're seeing that. Uh, we've got some shows that are at standing room only. You know, obviously, we're not where we were at the numbers quite pre-pandemic, but we're getting there, and we're very hopeful for a nice number of tourism uh, because that will really get us back to where we were. But it is truly wonderful to be in the Broadway neighborhood, seeing the theaters and the restaurants um, and the hotels and everybody sort of packed and bubbling and just to be inside the glorious theaters with all that wonderful entertainment. We are thrilled to be back. Yes. And I was just reading that New York City and um, maybe D.C. were like some of the biggest areas that people were coming back to. You know, we lost so many people during the pandemic, but I think that after they were away for a while, they're like, oh, well, we miss New York City. So, I mean... And, you know, with especially for not open people that aren't ready for international. Back. Yeah. So, well, it right. really cut down travel and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and all of our international. But it's coming. It's, I see it coming back. I mean, the traffic is uh, horrendous. Well, you know, I never thought I'd be happy to be stuck in traffic. But if I'm in, you know, 7th Avenue, Broadway, 45th Street, you know, two years ago, it was empty. So it's. You know, everybody, leave yourself plenty of time to get to your show. That, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And there's a lot of good stuff out there and so you more coming in even for the on? fall. What are you working on? What do you suggest? Well, well, right now, outside of my shows that reopen, including Tina, you know, Moulin Rouge, Dear Evan Hansen, Town, uh, Off-Broadway, we've got The Play That Goes Wrong, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, Beetlejuice is back, um, wow. wonderful play by Tracy Let's The Minutes, uh, uh, you know, Tony nominated, um, Funny Girl, which is funny and wonderful and fabulous. And, you know, we've got the Tony Awards coming up two weeks from tomorrow, which is really the, the, the full celebration of our Broadway award season, which I recommend everyone watch. It's on CBS 8 p.m. on June 12th. And you'll see a lot of the musical numbers from all the nominated shows and other shows. And it'll really give everybody and remind everybody who has yet to get back into a Broadway theater how wonderful it is and what they're missing and that it's, they need to buy their tickets and come, come see a show. There's so much entertainment. There's great stuff off Broadway. There's some great immersive fun entertainments going on. Uh, it's out there and New York is, is popping again in that way. It's wonderful. Oh yeah. And you know, people bet on that not happening so soon, but you know, New York's resilient and there's no place like New York city. I'm sorry. There's none. Okay. And you know, like, so you, when I, I I was just there for Mother's Day and I, I you know there wasn't a seat left and Broadway was booming and there were all the people out there doing dances and sing I was just mm-hmm. great to see everyone out there. So it, so, it feels so, great. It feels great. Yeah. So Wendy, like you told us, you started this, how you got started, but you are really. I mean, I don't know anyone who compares to you. How do you keep up with it all? <laughs> You know what? I think I'm very fortunate that I really, I, I hope, oh, thank you. I, I love what I do. I think I'm very, one of those fortunate people where my hobby and my passion is sort of what I do. So a lot of it, I don't look at as work. 
because now I'm in the process of, you know, there was so much wonderful work that was ready to come in before shutdown and that has been created during shutdown. But now I'm really spending a lot of time reading plays, going to musical uh, workshops. I have trips out of town to go see shows coming up for coming in upcoming seasons. We're opening the Devil Wears Prada musical in Chicago this summer, music wow. by Elton John. I hope to get that to Broadway next year. A beautiful new, uh, a little movie that's become a beautiful musical called Sing Street. We're starting in Boston uh, in the fall. Again, that's another one that could come in. What's I've got my Bob Marley musical in London. Sing Street, it's sort of, it's, it was a beautiful little film just about these two little young people in love, the pain of growing up, uh, beautiful music in the, uh, anybody that loved once, the musical once. It's a very similar vibe to that musical. And then down the road, another year or so, we're bringing in my Bob Marley musical, Get Up, Stand Up, out of London. So we've got a lot to look forward to. Plus, I can tell everybody out there, I know there is so much being worked on out there. Uh, there's a musical about Neil Diamond. Barry Manilow had a musical that was off-Broadway that wants to come to Broadway. There is, and so many new young people to discover that I've been had privilege to be reading their work and seeing what they're doing and listening and so there's just a lot of vibrancy happening and a lot of creativity that was bubbling that will be coming out. And I can tell you that the performers and creators are so happy to have, you know, our theaters open again and have you all back as audiences to perform for. I mean, that's what it's all about. This is what, pe what performers live for. Yeah, and it was wonderful. And everybody, you know, everybody respected each other. Everyone had masks on. It was just, um, and, you know, like it's a, it's like maybe the second play I've been since the pandemic, and it was just so nice to see. And it was just so nice to be there. And, you know, like you said, I mean, a year ago, uh, New York looked like the Twilight Zone. I mean, there was no cars. It was sad. It, it, it was sad. And, you know, even as our, uh, Mayor Adams has said, it, it said it, Broadway is the beating heart of New York City. So when Broadway wasn't ticking, when that Midtown area was quiet and not open, there was just something missing. And now that heart is something again. And it's just wonderful to have it back. And just so your viewers, know, uh, your listeners know, uh, the mask policy has now been extended to the end of June. It was May. Now it's extended for Broadway shows. So I really want to reinforce again the safety of being in a theater. I mean, people are going back to restaurants and other social occasions where your masks are off. And if you have any hesitancy about theater, you still need to keep your mask on. Right now, through the end of June, again, everything is, you know, we deal with a lot of unions. We stay very in touch with all the, um, you know, health uh, advisors. And we really are concerned about the health of our audience as well, of course, as the health of our actors and the entire staff in the theater. But please note well, that you, you know, are, I, you are was, protected in that theater. When I was, yes. When I was there two weeks ago to see Tina, uh, this, I guess some, some woman, like, I guess she... She kind of had a mask on, but it was, like, all the way down. And somebody, you know, said, listen, you know, put that mask on. And, you know, I was with my daughter, and I said to her, you know, people have to respect other people, you know. And Yes. Yes. Uh, most definitely. Like, and for anybody that doesn't want to wear a mask, rather not, you know, it's another now maybe five, six weeks. You know, if it's lifted in July, then wait. But certainly for those of you that want to come see a show, and wearing a mask is important. Please note that it is being strictly enforced. And our ushers take it very seriously. And I visit all the different theaters. Uh, you know, I see my shows. I see everybody's shows. And I will tell you that it is very strictly enforced. 
So everybody feel comfortable. There's so much good stuff going on right now. And there's so many things that are going to be coming in, like I said, this summer and next fall. And this is what New York City is about. We have the privilege to live around here and we need to take advantage of it. Uh, it it's, it's such a wonderful, you know, that the New York City, there's just nothing better. And Broadway is no, the there's, epicenter. There's no, there is no city like it. You know, no, it's just not. Not really. Okay. And you know not, something, you know, I, really. grew up on Long, I grew up on Long Island. So when I moved into the city, in a way, I really grew. I mean, just from being in the city, like it's a melting pot. You see everything. Nobody really cares about what you wear, what you look like. I mean, it's just um, anything goes. And I, I just think great. it's a special buzz. And, you know, listen, I was in Florida like the rest. But, you know, that's – and I, it was great to get out of the cold for a month. But, you know, it's very vanilla. Like, New York is so eclectic. There's, you know what, there's everything and every choice. And by the way, something exciting that's happening in the fall, happening about Broadway, is there is finally going to be a museum of Broadway. It is really? on West 45th, just off of Times Square, real estate, real estate. We got a great location, 12,000 square feet. It is going to be everything you've ever, you want in a museum, but all about Broadway, the history of Broadway. How does a Broadway musical get made? Different rooms about specific important shows over the over the years of course um we'll talk hamilton and rent and uh there'll be uh every open wendy uh i think we're scheduled right now i want to say mid-fall so maybe mid-october to november you'll certainly know for me in advance but well no uh, you'll come on and let us all know because wonderful wonderful but if this it's a real like i said museum Every every well-known scenic designer is doing a different room. We have a relationship with Playbill. There'll be interactive um, thing uh, exhibits going on. There'll certainly be a ton of Instagram moments for people to take great pictures with. We'll be doing stories on famous actors and creatives. It's just a, it's it's something that we should have had for a very long time. And it was really about the real estate, Dottie. We couldn't get that amount of space. It was important that it really be as close to Times Square as possible. And that was one thing that did happen during COVID that a, a large a restaurant went out of business and it was a large space and we were able to come in there and it's going to be fantastic, not only for our tourists, but for everybody in town as well to have a great place to go before theater, after theater. Um, and for those of us that have theater kids, you know, give their little birthday party at the Museum of Broadway. So again, just there's so much going on. We have a quick commercial. Thank you so much, and have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll be right back. You too, my dear. Be well. Thank you. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River, just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, combines a cosmopolitan lifestyle with the security of knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for wonderful. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit at riversedge.org. 
Spring means new beginnings and growth. So let's get your business's seeds planted with Salem Surround. Let us help your website bring you the leads your business needs to thrive. Let's make sure people find you faster and easier on the web. Our amazing team of media strategists are here to serve you with boots on the ground and real-world expertise. We live right here and know the communities you're trying to reach. We're media strategists, and we're very, very good at what we do. So let's grow together. Visit SalemSurroundNewYork.com. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Small businesses are the backbone of America. Yet when it comes to workers' comp insurance, you rarely get the savings you deserve. That's because insurance companies tend to lump you in with other businesses, and you could get overcharged. At Pi Insurance, we're on a mission to change that. With Pi, you get a quote specific to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. If you like savings, take three minutes to see how much you could save at trypi.com. Pi makes workers' comp insurance as easy as Pi, with friendly representatives just a call away. No wonder customers rate our service excellent on Trustpilot. You work hard to build your business and keep your employees safe. You deserve more from your workers' comp provider. See how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote today at trypie.com. That's T-R-Y-P-I-E dot com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. After driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, we believe Mitsubishi Motors now launches its most exciting lineup ever. Get thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Choose from a wide selection of trim levels in either front-wheel drive or all-wheel control, all featuring the flexibility of third-row seating. With special finance and lease programs, you'll be sure to find just the right Mitsubishi Outlander for you. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com. That's FreeholdMitsubishi.com. Or call 732-863-2788. 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. And obviously time goes so quickly that we're almost at the end of our our show. I, I'm going to start to get into, somebody had written to me and asked uh, Dottie, I was told that a good strategy to sell my home is price low to sell high. Um, does this strategy work? Now, what that means is that you, you would look at the houses in your area that are for sale because that's basically your competition, and then you would kind of go right under the the, the, the market so that your house would stand out. Um, so does this work? Because what happens is if a price is kind of lower, a little bit lower and under the market, the feeling is there'll be more buyers that come out and that starts bidding wars. Well, it can work. It doesn't always work. Okay. Um, So in my opinion today, I think that you price your home 
in a moderate side, you know, understand people want a little negotiation room, so you leave a little room for negotiation, and you make sure that you really look at the terms, the terms and the cash down payment. And if it were me, I would also ask before I went to contract for a credit report. Now, you can't order it for them. They have to give you permission. But I would want to see if they had good credit so I'd know that they could get a mortgage unless unless they had a, pre, a, a commitment. Okay. So does that theory work? As I said, it could. But I think today, I think the market's calming down a little bit. And I think that you want to, you know, you don't, you want to get a great terms. You want to get the more cash down, the safer that mortgage is. You want to find, you know, somebody who's possibly able to accommodate your time frame. And then people say, well, where am I going to buy? To me, if you get a good price for your home, look into a long-term rental until you find something because it's it's going to be, it's like hard to time everything perfectly. And because there's no inventory on the market, things are going pretty quick. So... When you price your home, the best way to determine your final selling price, whether it's slightly under or above the market value, uh, uh, you know, value, you start with data. Ask your broker to give you what is on the market in your area that's similar because whatever is on the market is your competition. And if you don't have anything on the market, then you have no competition. So that's why when there's a lot of inventory, it makes prices usually go lower because there's so many things you can choose them. Now the inventory is still tight. I think it's going to loosen a little bit, but I think it's still tight. But you need your broker to give you what's on the market and how long it's on the market. So if it's on the market one day, no big deal. But if you see it's on the market six months, it's probably priced wrong. Um, and that broker can furnish all that information. So, you know, the bottom line is you sell high strategy works if your house is one of the best houses on the market. Now, like if you, you know, if you have the best house on the market and you sell high, so be it. Um, but to me, if you if you really want to make a deal, I think that sometimes if you look at the a house that's structurally sound, that's not falling apart and the roof's caving in, but that the houses are bigger. And because and, and, that will bring the value up. And, you, you, know, you know, with all these decorating shows, there's a whole lot you can do with relatively small amount of money to make a house really look clean and neat. Now, somebody also asked me what days on market. What does that mean? Well, that means how many days the home has been on the market before it. So, in other words, if you see 30 days on the market, that means that home has been on the market for 30 days. If you see 60, that means it's been on the market for two months. Um, so that's an indication sometimes of, you know, how long things are taking to sell. Uh, you know, but I'm telling you, there's not much inventory across the country. I think it's going to, as I said, play out a little bit because of the interest rates going higher. But... I think we're going into still a very strong market. Now, if you see average days on the market for a home, um, just so you know that the average days on the market is about a little over a month, a month and a half, and I'm giving you a general number. 
So if your house is not selling in this market that we're in, um, it might be that it's not priced well. Now, if there's a lot of people coming to your home, but they don't make offers or anything, well, that probably means your price range is okay, but there's something in their home that's like a turnoff. Okay, and if I always recommend this to sellers, your competition is who's ever on the market in your area that's a similar house. So when you are going to put your house on the market, make sure you ask the broker, gee, let me see some of the houses that are my competition and see them for yourself. This way you'll see what the buyers are going to be shown. I think that's a good strategy. You know, there's not one strategy, okay? I think you have to look at the whole deal, okay? You have to look at the financing. You want to, I told you, not even a pre-approval, a pre-commitment, a commitment on a mortgage. Um, you want to be able to be flexible with the seller. And like I said, if you're a seller and you are squashed because you have to buy something, I would look into long-term rentals just in case you don't find something because that's really hard timing. Um, now, when you sell a home and you get it ready for the market, it costs money. I just want you to know that because you you want to show your your best foot. You want to put your best foot forward. It's like when somebody first sees you. If they don't know who you are, they're just going to look at you and make some kind of mental judgment of who you are. And so I would always tell people in the real estate business, look, if your car is sloppy and you don't, people, if they don't know you, if you're not famous already, this is going to think, oh, this guy's not successful. Okay, so you always have to show your best foot forward. And when you're selling a home, you want the same thing. Now, if you're in the suburbs, people are driving around. If they see a for sale sign on a home, and they like the exterior, and they know the area because they're driving by, that's half the battle. So make sure that when you get ready to sell your home, that you prepare it. And when I say prepare it, stage it. Okay, put some flowers in the you know, on the porch and make sure you've got all your, you know, greeneries done and because people will see it and they'll stop, okay? But that's a little money. It's not a lot of money. You can do it You can do it for yourself, but it's worth the investment, okay? Of course, you have the real estate agent and that you pay a commission to, but they don't get all that money. They share it with the company and truthfully, there's no way I would do a deal without a real estate agent. And there's no way I'd do a deal. It's hard to negotiate your own deal. And then you have to check their credit, make sure that they're going to get a mortgage. Uh, it's a large investment. I would make sure I did a real estate agent. Um, they, are, they do a lot of work, and I sometimes don't think people give them enough credit. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy job. Then you have to look at, you know, closing costs and, and, and you have to look at, you know, sometimes the seller will pay closing costs, you know, to help out. Um, how much does the seller pay in closing costs? Well, 
most buyers tend to pay more in closing costs. Sellers aren't completely off the hook. But, you know, you, you want, might want to compromise because, as I said, in life, whether it's a, a person you live with, whether it's a child, whether it's a friend, life is really a negotiation, and no one gets their way all the time. So a successful negotiation in a real estate transaction isn't, let me beat this guy up and beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him, and then I'll win and he'll lose. Because those deals usually don't happen. The deal is, to, hey, see, what are the points that I can what What can I give on, give in on, and then what can the seller give in on so that we're both feeling good about a deal. That's a successful negotiation. Um, and when you make an offer today, you know, some people want to try local, but at the same token, you know, if you look at the comps and you're educated before, you're going to see that most things are selling very close to sale, you know, the price. Someone said, oh, Donnie, should I sell my house on my own? Well, no. No, you have one house to sell, you want their credit, you want to know who they are, you want to know who's coming in your house, okay, you, and, and you want to make sure that your agent that you're using to list your house gives you a marketing plan, and they perform the open houses. Uh, there's a lot that goes on. You know, it's not so easy. It's a It's a very tough job, okay, and I think that when you take one of your largest investments that you give it to a professional. I think we are coming to the end of the show. I want to wish everyone a great Memorial Day. Have fun. Spend it with your family. And let's remember all the people that died to make our country free today. Have a great weekend. Be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.